Hello, friends. Uh, it's your Chapo, Will here, um, back from sabbatical. Uh, I hope the gang didn't get into too much trouble in my absence, but uh, I'm here to, to shape these bad boys up. And uh, joining me, I'm uh, very pleased to announce this week's guest. It is a first-time, long-time guest. It's our good friend, Stefan Heck. Stefan, how's it going? It's great. Thank you guys for having me on. I'm uh, very, very excited to be here. This uh, this one's been a long time coming. Uh, you know, we could have had you on for so many reasons to discuss so many topics, but uh, this week you really distinguished yourself <laughs> by, uh, you know, I won't say single-handedly. No, because Jesse will get really mad. If you say <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Again, yes, not. I will say with uh, some assistance, but you have basically, you've spearheaded a movement to destroy the social media app run by a uh, beloved actor jeremy renner that's right can you explain yourself uh well i, I fucking hate jeremy renner <laughs> no he's uh wow negativity on the internet who would have thought it he's fine uh it's just i mean the app's been around for a while because i remember I, w- I joined it in 2017 uh originally and the thing i remember about that is that uh if you open the app it would automatically play uh, Jeremy Rever- Renner's cover of uh, House of the Rising Sun. <laughs> uh, and it was pretty good. It was really loud and there was no way to turn it off. Um, so I uninstalled the app. So it was like an ad that you have to watch for a YouTube video, except there's no skip this in five seconds. You had to listen to his entire cover of House of the Rising Sun. Yeah, and it would just like play on, on repeat because I guess he hadn't done any original stuff by then. But now, uh, like he just released an album, I think, earlier this summer. Um, oh yeah. So it, no more covers. It's all it's all just pure uncut original Renner. Uh, and it's uh, great. Now, I mean, this story has is is rapidly developing. I'm glad we got you on. You know, be- before it was you know too late. Before it was old news. Before he launched a, like Renner app 3.0. <laughs> but one of the interesting things about this is I, I I found this week. I thought it was just a new thing, but apparently there have been other Jeremy Renner apps and that you've been on it for quite some time. And uh, I saw someone on Twitter say it's basically like the scene in uh, Matrix Reloaded where the uh, like the, the God figure tells Neo that there have been other Matrixes <laughs> and other Neos before him. So like, have there been other Stefan Hex who have taken down original versions of the Renner Matrix? I feel like, yeah, this is like my version of the ending of the Dark Tower series. Where I open the door and it's me reinstalling the Jeremy Renner app. You know? <laughs> uh, okay, so I guess for people who don't know, can you describe what Jeremy Renner's social media app is and how it works? Because I'm a little confused by this myself. Yeah, as as far as I can tell, what it is, it's like a reskinned Instagram where it's like only Jeremy Renner's Instagram posts, and it's like the same shit he posts on Instagram. So it just gets automatically reposted on his app, or I guess it did. Uh, and the big draw is that uh, you're interacting with with Jeremy Renner. And uh, the thing that's like kind of skeezy about it is that you can pay real money to buy stars. Uh, and this is sort of like the in-game currency, I guess, of the Jeremy <laughs> Renner app. Uh, I hate you- that it's pay to win. <laughs> and you can use those stars to... Uh, Basically, like, place your comment, like, higher up under his photos. Oh, God. Yeah. So the sensei uh, Renner can, will notice you more likely? That's the thing, right? And 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 he, he, well, it's not actually him replying. Like, there's no fucking way. But uh, he would reply to, like, the top five or, or six or so comments, and it would just be like, uh, this, you know, the comment would be some Avengers fan from, like, Malaysia 
with like a with, with just like a, a six paragraph thing about uh, how much they love Hawkeye and how excited they are for the Hawkeye TV show. And then uh, like Jeremy Renner uh, would reply and he'd be like, uh, oh, cool. And they just like lose their fucking minds. <laughs> so My so, life for you. <laughs> so essentially like it, it's a social media app where you can follow one person and that person is Jeremy Renner. Well, so that's great. You can or you could like upload your own photos as well. And like people would like there was sort of there was like a bit of a community developing on there as well. So people could upload photos and it'll be them like wearing like a Jeremy Renner shirt and and all of their uploads would have something to do with Jeremy Renner. Um but like I would, uh, I, I uploaded photos of me like about to stream and I was like, hey, uh, check me out on, on the Golf Kings on Twitch. Uh, I don't know if that got any traction at all. But uh, yeah, there, there was there's that. And then it, it really is just it's it's just his Instagram. Like that's essentially all it is. If you follow Jeremy Renner on Instagram, you can leave comments on his page and, you know, presumably uh, he'll see them. But like, you know, is he just specifically saying I will only interact with fans through the through the Renner app? I, I think that's the idea, and like the so if you're if you're replying to him on Instagram, like you really have to get good RNG for him to reply to you on there. Uh, but on the Renner app, like like Felix said, it is pay to win, so you can you can just you can buy a hundred stars, uh, and you like it's it's like any in-game currency in like a like an idle mobile game. Um, like you can pay upwards of like two hundred and fifty dollars for like four thousand stars, and just like boost all of your comments. It's completely insane. But you could also, you could be like a Jeremy Renner sweat and you can play competitive, which is commenting just publicly on Jeremy Renner's Instagram and you can get so good at commenting that he replies (laughs) to all of them. Or you can be like just a shitty kid who has mom's credit card and like all kids just wants Jeremy Renner to reply to them and is spending all his mom's money to just, you know, win Jeremy Renner, Renner games. But it's like. Players like me who go into the Renner app and win Renner points by playing games like, you know, is Hawkeye in this picture (laughs) or like, you know, name the third song off Jeremy's second album. Like people who put time into this game. We're here for the competitive element. I mean, you they have need- the you have the Kovacs Renner trainer, right, Felix? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just pictures of Renner's yeah. face pop up. Dude, and you dude, have to dude, click dude, it. dude, dude! I'm fucking crack. <laughs> no, it's like um, you got to do like the digital gardening uh, to weed out the bots from the Renner app. They're like, uh, please click every picture where Jeremy Renner appears at the stoplight. Dude, I am so sick of controller players on the Renner app. They just spam L two, and they instantly get Jeremy to say good morning to them. It's such fucking bullshit. Stefan, I sort of feel like Felix in that I'm I'm annoyed by the the you know the pay to play aspects of, of of this because I think you know one of the you know one of the the, the subtle pleasures of social media, be it uh, Twitter or Instagram, is you know the rare celeb interaction. I just got followed by uh, actor Vincent Curatola, you, who you may remember as Johnny Sack from The Sopranos. Oh wow! Because I told him that um, we need to see him on the show hashtag Bosch immediately. <laughs> 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 He was like, <laughs> that is such a good imitation of an old person online that owns. And he was like, thank you, brother. I, 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 I jumped in on a conversation between him and star of hashtag Bosch, Titus Welliver. And they were, they were, they were having, they were being acting brothers. Yeah, they, were, like, they were exchanging mutual respect. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Stefan, like you're pretty good at getting celebrities to like, I think like the two people who are best at getting celebs to reply to them are you and Loan Ofgen. Well, you guys kind of use an exploit in the game where you're like, hey, I heard you died. 
yeah, yeah. They still haven't patched that, but like, I, I think to, to me, like, yeah, you're right. The Jeremy Renner, it's just, it's just cheapening it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like my favorite celebrity interaction I've ever had on on social media was um, Ron Perlman followed me in like 2013. Uh, and I was like really stoked. So I immediately DM'd him. I was like, Hey, Mr. Perlman, uh, you were really good in Pacific Rim. Uh, and then he immediately unfollowed me. Uh, <laughs> and it just like ruined my year. But, but like it, it, it was so real. You know what I mean? Like I know that was Ron Perlman being like, who's this piece of shit replying to me, you know? <laughs> I, I had the same thing in 2013. Uh, Lee Fong would retweet me a lot. And the actor Jeff Daniels, the real life Jeff Newsroom, Lo- like liked Lee's reporting and he followed him so he like I was it was like when I was working at a bar and I just like looked one day and it was like Jeff Daniels is following you I was like wait what the fuck and within not even a day it's like 12 hours because that was around the time that I posted the the first time I posted about Pendulette eating pussy on a recumbent bike. <laughs> <laughs> I think that one, one of the best posts ever. It, I think. It, yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, Jeff Daniels didn't think so. He didn't like it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, afraid to handle the truth there. <laughs> Jeff newsroom. Uh, yeah, he was. He's like, if this is the type of content you're putting out, I would not like to see it. Uh, Stefan, you, you brought up Ron Perlman. Um, the Perlman app has um, suffered recently. He was just putting time out on Twitter for doing a cheeky joke, essentially the punchline of which is, it would be funny if Donald Trump's children died. Rod <laughs> <laughs> uh, Perlman rules. Well, uh, Michael Michael Shannon had a, had a thing like that recently too, where he's interviewed. Oh he's yeah, like, yeah. He uh, said it's time for Trump voters to die. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> To just walk into the grave and accept their, uh, their <laughs> <Yeah>. obsolescence, which <laughs> no, once again, uh, no lie. He said, "He said, if, yeah, if your mima voted for Trump and doesn't feel bad about it, she's ready for the urn." Is what she <laughs> <laughs> said. Do, do you do you remember when Peter Fonda? Like, oh God! A, yeah. a year before he died, he's like, "What if Baron Trump got molested?" And you were like, <laughs> "What, dude? What, brother? You okay, man?" Oh man, RIP to a real one. Cele- Cele- celebs, like there are two types of celeb politics posting. One is like, you know, hey guys, let's all let's all wear green to raise awareness of psychology. Let's all let's all wear a hat tomorrow for gun violence. And then there's like just like, fuck it, dude. What are they gonna do? Arrest me? Yeah. Yo, I hope Eric. I hope Eric Trump gets. Fu- I ho- yo. I hope someone cuts his fucking dick off. <laughs> yo, I hope Stephen Miller's getting his shit sucked and someone just spits poison into his urethra. <laughs> Arrest me, pussy. What's up? The uh, those the, are the cool celebs. Yes. The the other version of the of the former one that you mentioned there, Felix, is is they'll hold up like a like a piece of paper. And it'll be like, uh, like bring them back, or like racism uh, and global warming are bad. And then, uh, like someone from like uh, like the Daily Wire will like in like MS Paint uh, put like, uh, hey, uh, we should ban cows on yeah. on the sign. <laughs> yeah. It'll get retweeted yeah. like twenty five thousand times, and it's like the fucking funniest thing they've ever seen. And that happens like yeah. three or four times a year, I think. While you guys are here, check out my Lindsey Graham Gangnam Style parody. <laughs> yeah. It's so 2013 was awesome because celebs would always do those because the Daily Wire wasn't invented yet. And like the only conservative clapback was Teacot and Breitbart writing stories that are like Hollywood sickos raise awareness, but not of the knockout game. Uh, And it would just be like it would be confusing. It was like the Ashton Kutcher one where it's like it doesn't take a woman to fold a shirt. 
And people were like, what? What?" He's like, it's an anti-sex trafficking thing. <laughs> just baffling awareness raising campaign. Well, they, they were safe back then. bird brain shit. Yeah, yeah. They, were, they were safe back then because Benny Johnson was still uh, writing about the Fort Hood chilies for BuzzFeed. <laughs> 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 that was this is a, a that a, was an awesome time. Uh, yeah, things were better back then. I think it was like a Virgil showed me. It's like this is an early rare rare Benny where it was when he was an intern for the American Family Association back during the Bush administration. Oh my this god, this was like so pre, <laughs> oh, like uh, all all of this shit. And it's like a, a video of him at, at the he's an intern at the or no, the Family Research Council or one of those one of those Bush era like evangelical family values groups, and he was doing a video for them about how they were all baking cookies to put in care packages for the troops. Oh uh, yeah, I remember <laughs> that. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> You guys have seen oh. his uh, his his TEDx talk, right? Yeah. Oh, no, I've seen it. I, <laughs> I I shall never unsee it. It'll be with me to the grave, Stefan. He owns. He's like thirty four now, and just like a council of guys who look like Vader without the helmet on because they invented a car part in nineteen forty seven, <laughs> and now give like a billion dollars a year to the Republican Party. Are like Benny? I want you to teach Lindsey Graham what yeeting is. And he's like, absolutely. He loves it. He's how about the pig. how about the Benny Johnson Wes Anderson themed engagement video? Ooh, Have you seen that? Oh. That's just kind of fire. It's yeah. kind of fire. Oh. This was is it last like, gotta, was it last year that he stood in front of uh Nancy Pelosi's wall and was like, uh well, she has a wall. And everyone just went <laughs> fucking nuts for it. She committed suicide out of shame after that. And got her. Well, uh, the, the the celebs are, are certainly at it. The, the last one I'll, I'll mention of recent note was uh, I, I was away this weekend for Labor Day, and I saw that uh, Deborah Messing was like, "Just text me and put her phone number on Twitter." <laughs> and then, I, like, I had I had internet at the place I was staying, but no cell phone were service, oh, so no. I immediately texted her sup, <laughs> and then it just said not delivered, and I was what? so pissed off. Oh no! But apparently, when you if you actually texted the number, it like took you to a prompt screen where you had to like register and give your name and social security number. That's so, <laughs> so yeah, I was hoping to chat with Deborah, but you know, I'll just be like, hey, my name's Will. You played a character named Grace. <laughs> I'm a, I'm actually in uh, Discord calls with Deborah all the time. Well, um, uh, Stefan, back back to the Renner app though. Like, yeah. let, 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 let's let's uh, your um, your appearance. Onto the Renner app. When when did when did the, when did it all start to unravel? Um, so it was like yeah, it was like two weeks ago, and uh, I posted. I guess there, there's a there's a picture of him. He's holding binoculars, uh, and he's like looking forward to the weekend. Like, what do you guys have planned? <laughs> like fucking Jimmy Stewart in Rear Window. Yeah, just lo- watching my neighbors. That's what I'll be doing this weekend. And uh, I replied, uh, "Well, Jeremy, I'm going to be looking at some porno on my computer." <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah. And then, so I, I mean, normal weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I was actually going camping, so I wasn't, uh, so I, I, it was a a bit of a white lie. Uh, but, but, uh, I got a reply. I got a push notification. Uh, and if you've read the article, you know that the, one of the big problems with the app was that every push notification you got, no matter who was replying to you, uh, it looked like it was coming directly from Jeremy Renner himself. <laughs> so I don't understand. Isn't that the point? 
of the fucking app to the, for just a second you feel like you're getting texts from your bro Hawkeye I, the the I th- bow and arrow man no I, I think it is like I think I think for like normies that's they believe it's really him they love that uh, but but obviously uh, Jesse our, our friend Jesse Farrar uh, took advantage of that and he replied to me and, and said uh, nasty not cool and legitimately for like a minute I did think it was Jeremy Renner uh, until Jesse said no that well that was me um <laughs> Well, you but said, I, like, in the piece, the fact that all the push notifications make it seem like Jeremy Renner's talking to you when, in fact, it is, like, you know, a teenager in Malaysia saying, I have a diarrhea in my penis or whatever. Essentially, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so uh, when, I, when I tweeted out the screen grabs, a lot of people joined the app and started, like, replying to me. Um, and it, it, there was kind of one awkward moment where uh, I was, like, like at home, uh, this is the the Sunday when I got back from from my camping trip. I was at home. I was gonna like jack off because uh, I <laughs> camping. And right as I'm about to do it, I get a I get a notification on my phone, and uh, it's it's looks like it's Jeremy Renner saying, uh, "Hey, have fun masturbating." <laughs> and it terrified me, and so I couldn't jack off. But it was uh, yeah, it's like for them to like overlook that. I mean, I think what Matt said, I think that does make sense. That they didn't think that anyone would join the app, ironically. So they're like, well, this is fine. This is going to trick people into thinking it's actually Jeremy Renner. Um, but the other the other issue was that uh, they they didn't uh, like they made it like you could change your name to Jeremy Renner. Or like any version of Jeremy Renner, and that's like such an easy thing when you're making the app uh, to just make it so no one can have Jeremy Renner in their name. But everyone figured out like very quickly that you could do that. So the people pretending to be like failed clones of Jeremy Renner, uh, asking why he why he like abandoned them in in the womb or whatever, and it, it just spiraled out of control so quickly. I mean, like, what if you started like dating someone? And they sort of like they really got enamored by you under the illusion that Jeremy Renner was texting you all the time. And then like the app goes down, you're engaged, doing rehearsal dinners and shit. And she's like, why doesn't Jeremy Renner text you anymore? (laughs) Uh, Do we had a falling out? He said something racist. It's tragic. Millions of lives have been disrupted across America. Well, I think, Felix, what you would do in that case is you would uh, go to the uh, official EscapeX uh, page and you would find another app to join. So I'm on there right now. I would I would simply join the Dominic Monaghan app and be like, oh, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm no longer friends with Jeremy. I'm 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 friends with uh, one of the Hobbits. I think he was one of the Hobbits and he was in <laughs> yes, Lost. He was. Well. Yeah. He was on Lost. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, like, I guess, I guess this, I mean, like, this is like a sort of a, a grim ecosystem of like our, our, you know, new celebrity culture is that like, if you're at Renner's level where you got the you highest know, level, yeah, tentpole Marvel franchise, bow and know, arrow guy, the bow and arrow guy. Yeah. Well, maybe not the A-list of the Marvel universe, but certainly in there, you know, you're, 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 you got, you're getting that Disney cash, oh, you yeah. know, <laughs> um, you have your own personalized app and then just several rungs below that, you're, you're literally you know, selling your soul on Cameo to wish happy birthday to people and do, yeah, uh, make ironic jokes for podcasts who are paying you for their cruel amusement. God, I hope he ends up on Cameo, man. <laughs> the thing with Cameo that pisses me off is that Pauly Shore has like tripled his price since we uh, made him record an anti-circumcision PSA. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's supply and demand at its finest. I, I think, I, like, I, I just, I, I, I feel bad because I, 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 like, every time someone makes 
because there was the whole thing with uh, Brett Favre. Uh, accidentally, uh, he was tricked into recording like a super like racist cameo for like a like a militia group or something. Yeah, uh, and now it costs like a thousand dollars. Well, yeah, uh, it it costs like a thousand dollars to get Brett Favre to record something for you. So every time you you get like a celeb or uh, you know, a celeb to record an ironic cameo for you, like the price goes up each time when they realize like they've been fooled. Someone did that on our stream, kind of where they donated bits to chat. At- uh, when he was playing like Counter Strike, and he report he, re- I'm gonna butcher the pronunciation. Sorry, the Shahada, and he convert he basically converted to Islam on stream <laughs> by accident. <laughs> well, you guys also got uh, uh, fuck. Uh, who's the 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 UFC announcer? Didn't you get one from him? Oh, Tito Ortiz. Yeah, yeah Tom yeah, yeah. Tom and the boys they got they got him to congratulate me for the. Uh, uh, documentary and he said Chaplo FYM <laughs> or FLM <laughs> Tito's, Tito owns like Tito's every single there's an account on Twitter that just posts Tito content and I'm pretty sure just any cameo he records goes on that page because it's just everyone has a hilarious flub in it The and, and he's always in a suit in a hotel room um, yeah, he's all, always in a three-piece suit, and he's always like, "Hey, buddy, I just heard that you started training kickboxing. What? Have a good. You're gonna try to have a great time, remembering the determination that you have." He's like the Joe Biden of MMA. He owns. Well, so you can't you. You came on uh, a block party bonus episode, Felix, and, yeah. and we we watched a bunch of, of cameos because I, I think the thing with like uh, playing a cameo on a podcast is you do miss the visual element. So uh, if if you're looking uh, for anyone listening out there who is looking to get an ironic cameo, best bang for your buck, I would say, is probably Andy Dick um, because his cameos are like six minutes long. Uh, and, and he's very he's always, upsetting. Yeah. And he's always like uh, walking through an outdoor mall, uh, like getting arrested for like, like in public indecency or something. Um, for killing it, Phil Hartman? Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, like Cameo to me is like it hasn't been ruined yet and and I'm honestly shocked like it's it's cuz it's been around for about a year now i mean when we got the we got the kevin sorbo video um we got kevin sorbo to record a video uh as if jesse had gone missing uh, and it was Kevin Sorbo uh, saying, come home, Jesse. Hashtag come home, Jesse. He's like holding up a sign that says, come home, Jesse. But that was on celebvm.com. So that was even, that that predated Cameo. Uh, and Cameo, I think, has been going pretty strong for like a year and a half now. And it's it's just getting, it's getting better, I think. Oh, by the way, speaking of uh, Kevin Sorbo, uh, I just want to let all the listeners know that we will be seeing in theaters at Fathom Events the new Kevin Sorbo uh, uh, Antifa takes over the neighborhood film The Reliance yes. protect faith, family, and home yeah it's gonna be good protect faith, family, and freedom yeah yeah, against food anti- fo- protect food, folks, and fun <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will be doing that but uh, Stefan whether it's it's Cameo whether it's the Renner app I mean I think the, the lesson here like you were saying is that you know we all want to bask in the glow of celebrity light but also, if you're like us, you want to do it ironically. Yes. But you can't fly too close to the sun because it's like it's like a you know Schrodinger's cat. You know when you observe something ironically, you change it, and actually, usually you destroy it, as we've now seen with the Renner app, which you know I, I think we can say has officially closed down. 
Yeah, I mean, you you've seen the the goodbye note that he he posted, obviously. <laughs> Um, and I think could you one, could you describe the goodbye note? Was there anything uh, good in there? I mean, I have it here in front of me. I can read the yeah, entire just, thing. Yeah, just give 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 a note. Give, give uh, some reading here. So Jeremy says goodbye. The app has jumped the shark, <laughs> literally. Uh, and this Wait is a screen- what it literally <laughs> so, jumped over a shark. Yeah. So the the other thing with 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 that is that I guess he took a screen grab of I don't. This is not like the notes app either. I don't know what fucking app he's using to write this. Renner uh, app. Renner I, notes. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the only it's the only Jeremy Renner base in the word processing yeah. phone app. Every 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 letter is like it's made out of Jeremy's face. You see a little bit of Jeremy's eyes in the A. The the like the cursor the little like typewriter thing, it's uh, Hawkeye's bow. Well it's, it's sick. It's a Renner font where you have to identify each letter by, by the Jeremy Renner film. It's like you want if you want to type a vowel, that's his character from the town. <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's it, to me it, it looks it's very similar to the font uh that like uh like 70 year olds use on twitter for whatever reason you know that like really like it's it's like the wingdings ish font uh yeah like joker man almost yeah um, it's right it's the one it's the one you see like it's on cross posted like from facebook memes that are like alexandria ocasio cortez and nancy pelosi had a spelling bee they were both killed. <laughs> and it's like, what's the what the fuck is the joke here? What man? Uh, uh, so the app has jumped the shark, literally, due to clever individuals that were able to manipulate ways to impersonate me and others within the app. I have asked EscapeX, the company, the the company, and this is I'm reading this verbatim. The company that runs this app to shut it down immediately and refund anyone who has purchased any stars over the last ninety days. So that's actually like surprising to me that they did refund people and it's not just the last week you know it's like three months you know uh, i think the people who uh bought stars on the renter app they don't really need a refund they need a home check <laughs> they, need well, they need wellness intervention what was supposed to be a place for fans to connect with each other has turned into a place that is everything i detest and can't or won't condone my sincere apologies for this to have not turned out the way it was intended to all the super fans who have supported me with your words or encouragement, amazing art, stories, and time shared on the app, a genuine thank you. And I hope to see you on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. JR. So I love that the end of the thing is like, uh, I'm sorry this, this app was ruined. Here are four more apps you can easily find me on. <laughs> Uh, well, there you have it. Uh, Stefan, a, a clever individual who, uh, due to his, his jibes and japes, has taken away something very special from, from the, the Ren heads, the Renner community out there. Why didn't they just patch Stefan out? The Ren- <laughs> All these Renfields are never going to be able to. Renfields. They're going to never be able to give their life for their lord. The well, look, fucking I'm, uh, bow and arrow guy. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it was just. Yeah. It's the bow and arrow man. He doesn't even have his own movie. Yeah, if this was just like if this was Chris Hemsworth, we'd be like, man, that sucks. But it's Jeremy Renner. He wasn't it's even in Infinity War. They didn't even bother. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping to uh, to talk to him in person at Ren Fair 2020, and I, I do hope to see you guys there as well. So oh, be there with oh, we're doing a, we're doing a live show. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Everybody has to sing. 
to everyone has had all their dialogue has to be sung to the tune of one of his hit singles. Jeremy Renner really has like the personality of one of those Central Asian dictators that just like makes everyone buy a statue of him and worship it every <laughs> <Yes>. day. <laughs> That's something that happens to you when you reach a certain level of popularity and age. Yeah. You just snap and you're like, maybe I'm actually a jazz singer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like we all made fun of Steven Seagal for making like a free freestyle jazz album called like Songs from the Crystal Cave. Oh, yeah. But it's like that's everyone. Now. That's everyone. <laughs> yeah. No, they're all doing it. Everyone else. All these other fucking actors. Like everyone's who don't have albums where they're singing are all DJs. Like Idris Elba spins fucking. Idris Elba records. started out as a DJ. though. Yeah. yeah, yeah he yeah. was a, he was a DJ before he was. An OK, actor. fine. But he's now 50 years old. <laughs> Did you see the picture David Duchovny posted? Where he's oh, just like God. Yes. Recording songs for my album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like who see in the 70s these people would have joined cults and it, they would have you know ended up having like a, a murder take place on their property <laughs> uh now they just all become musicians it's stupid i mean i feel like i feel like Jer- i don't know if you guys have listened to his actual music but i do i feel like it's sort of uh it's pretty good continuing the spirit of uh like the return of bruno you know oh, yes oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Or thir- oh, yeah. 30 odd foot of grunt you know um, no, wait, does he play harmonica because that would be amazing. He like to me, it sounds like it's it's a little bit like Imagine Imagine Dragonsy. I, I guess I would say that uh, makes a ton uh, of sense. So, uh, like, I will. The, the, his big like hit is called "Heaven Don't Have a Name." <laughs> <laughs> cool, <laughs> fucking cool, man. Oh no, that uh, sucks, dude. What are you doing, brother? Right, the name is in the title of the song. <laughs> so Wait I can minute, read, I, just, I can read I thought, the first I, verse as well if you guys I, want yeah, to. Yeah, please, okay, please do. Yeah, do it. Uh she's got voodoo that will make you believe. Oh, she tastes like lipstick and tanqueray. All I remember is she grew up in Orlando, but she moved to the bay. An uptown beauty you can never escape. Heaven don't have a name. <laughs> Presumably, like this woman has a name. Like, so just this I, sucks. Wait dude. a minute, I'm, I'm confused. I thought these were originals. This is clearly a cover of one of uh, Billy Crystal's Jazzman singles. <laughs> that that's the coolest thing. Is like just an older white actor who's like, yeah, I've always been a blues man at heart. Well, Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah. That was uh, the Return yeah, of yeah. Bruno. Yeah, the coolest man, coolest type of guy to be. They're all Maven Johnsons. They were all porn. Born a poor black child, and like uh, the, the Return of Bruno was really exquisite. It was really excruciating, though, because oh, it's like you know you had Bruce Willis, like pre full bicked Bruce Willis, yeah, back when he was still before he gave up, yeah, before he, like uh, just just tooting on honking on Bobo, <laughs> doing like blues stand. It's like the scene in Ghost World where the blues rock band Blues Hammer plays a song about picking cotton all day long, <laughs> yeah, except it's you know the star of Moonlighting and Die Hard. <laughs> The, um, uh, I, the, the 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 one band that I did forget uh, is, is Johnny Depp's like supergroup, the Hollywood Vampires. Oh man, oh, yeah. sick! Um, and I don't know if you guys have been to their uh, official website. Uh, but, <laughs> no, I have not. Uh, I, I do want to read this out as well. This is maybe uh, I, I fucking love this so much. This is about Hollywood Vampires. Uh, I'll just read the first paragraph, uh, and 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 I want to know what you guys think of this. I think Charles Dickens said it best. <laughs> 
Mm. And while his name makes for a strange bedfellow to a drinking fraternity that caroused well over a century later, it could be said that he had the Hollywood vampires firmly in the crosshairs of his immortal lines. For in an age of overindulgence on every level, it was indeed the best of times, it was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom, and then in brackets, well, maybe not that bit. It was the age of foolishness. And this is about uh, his, uh, his, like, rock band uh that's uh, it's i mean it's very similar to what's that what was that other super group uh in like the mid 2000s uh with one of the jane's addiction guys was in it uh what the fuck was audio slave no 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 no. um like i want to say that their name was hollywood vampires this is fucking killing me here Um, porno for pyros no Oh God! Anyway, uh, I, I I just they they were on uh, Hollywood Vampires recently. Were on uh, the Late Show with James Corden. If you want to watch that as well, um, two but- great tastes that go great together. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Oh, you know, you know who did have like what actor did actually? His song actually kind of it's kind of good. Don Johnson, Heartbeat. Oh yeah, Heartbeat's actually kind of sick. And um, Eddie Murphy's uh, Party All the Time. That's Party great. All the Time, baby. That kind of yeah. goes. Um, but also speaking of not just celeb celebrity rock groups, but also cults. Did I hallucinate this week that Jared Leto and Thirty Seconds to Mars have created a midsummer like cult? Yeah, it's Midsummer meets Fire Festival. Yeah, yeah. They they had a, a thing for a weekend on an island, and I guess the joke was, "LOL, we're a cult." But seriously, everyone they were all wearing white. Outfits. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. I, I thought it was just uh, I thought it was just uh, polyphonic spree coming back together. But <laughs> no, they no. Were, the entire band assembled on an island for a weekend. Yeah. And they're wearing white. Yeah. Well, um, uh, Stefan, I mean, I, I, I applaud you for your work um, reaching out to the celebs. And what can you say? It's just, you know, uh, the celebrities are out there. But they're people just like us on social yeah. media who get, you know, confused and frightened sometimes. <laughs> so I would just say, you know, it, it's they're more afraid of you than you are of them. You know, tread lightly. Did you, like they, they, you can be look at them from your car, but don't approach them. Don't approach the celebs. Absolutely. And Unless the band I was thinking of, by the way, is Velvet Revolver. Oh, oh right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Was it was that. Stone Temple Pilots yeah. guy. And sl- yeah, yeah, yeah. What a terrible name. <laughs> uh if unless look, you can become an experienced celeb handler like Will or Stefan here, but it takes time. Like you guys have been at this for years. Do like, not look the celebs in the eye. Yeah, yeah. Don't 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 jump right into it. You know, it takes. I practice. would just you know start with like a a good vibe celeb account. I highly recommend Sir Anthony Hopkins on Twitter. Good one. Who yeah. just posts really charming videos of him playing piano while a cat sits in his lap. Yeah. And I try to respond to all of those like, uh, we love you, Sir Anthony. You're doing great work. Keep it <laughs> in up. In the same vein, uh, Sam Neill as well. It's, oh, it's just wonderful. Oh my God. One of the most blessed lives experienced vicariously I can think of. Yeah. And he's just he, hanging out with his lovely pig, oh. just talking to ducks and stuff. And his like, I don't know, vineyard in New Zealand. Blessed. That's my new, that's my new Twitter rule is I only follow uh, the, the only new accounts I follow now are like uh, uh, cute animal aggregators so like like the the best of Bone Bone the cat you know or <laughs> Possum every hour or there's the, well, the, the, seven, the, the I, I see you yesterday uh, you you caught the Possum every hour posting the same Possum uh, two hours in a row oh yeah I'm done with those motherfuckers. <laughs> That, that is an unfollow immediately. Yeah, yeah that was that was brutal. I mean, in fairness, so there there was like a month or so where they were kind of just posting the same like twelve possum picks. And don't get me wrong, they were great possum picks. Uh, and they recently added some more into, into the pool of possum picks. But uh, the 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 other animal uh, account I would recommend is there's the the Japanese seal that's shaped like a sphere. 
uh, and just kind of rolls around. Uh, and it's just, it's very pleasant. I really enjoy that. This is how to cater a non-toxic social media experience. Yes. Uh, Stefan, you want to, uh, you want to stick around? I have a, uh, I have a, uh, an article here, uh, that I think you may enjoy. You want to, you want to get down on this? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there is a celeb cameo in this, but, Beautiful. um, yeah. uh, just real quick, I want to mention, um, we didn't all just like collectively dream that Joe Biden's eyes started bleeding <laughs> live during a nationally televised debate last night. Yeah, that happened. That actually happened. Yeah, yeah his eye just exploded. It's funny because I spent all day searching MSNBC, CNN, the New York Times, and the Washington Post for any mention of this. And it's odd that I, I really couldn't find anything. Yeah, and none of the ladies of The View talked about it this morning either. They were all about, oh, look, Trump used a, used a Sharpie to draw a thing on the map. That's hilarious. And meanwhile, the guy that they're all touting is the guy to beat Trump. His eyeball is popping. He's like a fucking one of the creatures from V. Then the, the human skin is falling off of his reptilian face. All right. OK, so did he run away and cry and be like, oh, don't look at my eye? Or did he continue? Did he with blood? Pouring from his eye, like um, one of the heroes of Homer's The Odyssey, Cluglugugus or whatever, one of those fucking guys with a bunch of L's and E's and S's in their name, did he stand up there proud, though injured, and look at Becky Quick and say, oh, honey, you're you're like a club sandwich, huh? <laughs> did, he fum- did he just fumble over talking about the Green New Deal and it became clear he didn't know what it was? <laughs> did he say that he, he did he forget Obama's name, do all the stuff he normally does? No, I want that guy in there, not someone who freaks out when their eye explodes. By the way, this is not the first time that happened. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah. State of the Union. There's a fucking screenshot that happened during one of the State of the Unions under Obama. He's behind Obama, and his eyeball is bright red. Well, in a way, that's more reassuring that this is his eyeball filling with blood is a semi-common occurrence for him. So, I mean, it would be disturbing if that was the first time that ever happened, and it happened to be during a nationally televised uh, climate change <laughs> forum. But I, I mean, mean does he? He just has the same thing, the same condition that uh, Le Chiffre had in Casino Royale. Yeah, yeah. The, he just sees the yeah. diamonds embedded in his face. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, you know, he he did a, he did a live reenactment of uh, Salvador Dali and Luis Buñuel's famous Un Chien Andalou live <laughs> on stage. Um, yeah, no, that that actually happened. Um, good to see that. You know, that's just. A thing that no yeah. one's going to talk about. Our, our, our leaders, they're either rapidly decomposing <laughs> or they're hiding some sort of reptile how much uh, exoskeleton. Does, how much does Kamala Harris just fucking suck? That, I know, like, the guy like she's supposed to be overtaking, he's literally just up there, like his body is falling apart. And he's like, you know, my, from my great friend who was president... You know his name. I don't have to say it. Like, he's just up there like that, and she can't crack 5%. You fuck. Choke. And Bernie's choke. playing a game of horse with, like, a toucan on his shoulder for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Every day, every day, Ber- yeah, every day, Bernie is, like, learning how to do handstands and shit, even though he's 900 fucking years old. Camilla Harris is a choke artist. She fucking choked. Uh, well, um, yeah, more of that to come. But uh, the the article I, I have for this week um, is uh, it's about some fans of the current president, Donald Trump. I'm talking, of course, about a an outlaw motorcycle club known as the Bikers for Trump. The baddest asses on the yeah. world. These guys could just merc Sam Crow in an afternoon. The sons of authority. <laughs> 
Uh, this is this is a uh, a long uh, profile in BuzzFeed by uh, James Pogue, uh, no relation to the band, I don't think, um, called "A Weekend with Bikers for Trump: American Rage," and it's a very long article. But I, I have gone through the whole thing. It's 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 quite well done, and it really. It, 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 he embeds with these people, and honestly, it, it, it confirms everything that we've said about who is the essential core Trump voter. Like, who are these people? What do they like? What do they want? And the answers are, it's the bikers for Trump. I remember when we were uh, driving into Pittsburgh, right outside in western Pennsylvania, just a stone's throw away from where United Flight 93 crashed into a field, yes. or rather was uh, shot down by a uh, surface-to-air missile. Allegedly. It was shot down by the bikers for Trump. <laughs> <laughs> when they just liked him as the real estate guy. No, we, we saw one of their trailers hitched up yes. at a gas station, and it was hitched to a big, like, you know, one of those giant Ford F-150 pickup trucks with what looked like to what appeared to be a dog driving it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a German Shepherd, of course. <laughs> yeah, our the former governor of Illinois, the best governor of Illinois before the current one we have, JB Pritzker, Bruce Rauner, who kicked off his campaign, his reelection campaign, by drinking a glass of chocolate milk and saying <laughs> that shows that diversity is good. <laughs> it's delicious. Uh, he was. In an abort in the last week of his campaign to save his campaign, he put on his biker vest, drove his bike to a Trump rally, and just stood there in his biker <laughs> gear and didn't speak. So this is a growing movement. I remember seeing these guys first at the DNC at the RNC rally in Cleveland when I went. Uh, the two things I noted: one, at one point, uh, they all went away to where they all broke away from the scrum to go to where the cops were lined up for uh, security and shook all their hands. <laughs> like you do cool. when you're a badass uh, biker. <laughs> and then the leader spoke, and his main thing he talked about was how cool it was that biking is getting a good reputation now because people like Jay Leno ride motorcycles. <laughs> this this was Chris Cox? I'm assuming. Okay, yeah. So they, so he's these guys these guys they're like the respectability politics bikers. They are or, indeed, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean the organization I mean I I was, you know, a, a little dumbfounded to find Pull it reading in this checks. article. The Bikers for Trump is like a is an organization that that claims i guess or you know in this article it says they have about a hundred thousand members which is bigger <laughs> than the dsa are there a hundred thousand assholes with motorcycles who like trump probably yes but i don't think that they're in that group well okay let's, let's let's dive into this article this is a weekend with bikers for trump by james polk so uh, it, it, it sort of centers around the big July 4th um, uh, rally that he had. Of course, you know, that was like, you know, this is Woodstock for the bikers for Trump people. This is like the Sturgis rally, but, you know, uh, even more Trump Trumpified. So I'm just going to dive in here. It says, uh, on the patio of Harry's, the ground floor dive bar at the Harrington, a group of blue polo clad proud boys entertained a group of wildly drunk ultra right wing Ukrainians who kept falling off their stools, even as they yelled to the servers to bring them more beer. I got friends in low places. <laughs> One proud boy was wearing a black iron cross as a necklace outside of his polo. I asked if it was what I thought it was, and he said, yeah, man, without any hesitation. It's from World War I, so it's not a racial thing, he went on. <laughs> it's just that I'm German. Where the, where, where the Jews are lying and divide other races. <laughs> I think Trump is gay, he said, using the word in its pejorative, not descriptive sense. But we're conservatives, and we try to make an appearance at all the conservative events. This is fun for us. 
I was surrounded by a crush of people wearing Trump paraphernalia of all descriptions, from bikini tops to pink, pink suits stenciled with the words gays for Trump as they ordered picture after picture of beer. So uh, Harry's had become a MAGA safe space, and they were loving it. Going on here, it says, The bikers have coordinated, at least informally, with the Republican National Committee since before Trump's nomination. And they say they have accumulated the thanks of half a dozen Republican senators and governors for whom the bikers' zealous support was a key factor in close races. But the group's loyalty ultimately flows to the president, the man who drew most of its members into politics in the first place. And in response, Trump has shown them an apparently deep and genuine personal gratitude. No matter where I go, there's bikers, Trump once noted with wonder in his voice. And I'd ask my people, what are they all doing here? And they'd say, they're here to protect you, Mr. Trump. <laughs> I am protected by the strongest bikers. Some of them even more handsome than Jack Teller. <laughs> he said, some of the guys I see out on the bikes are rough. He went on. Oh. <laughs> rough trade. And he goes, <laughs> rough trade? No, he didn't say that. Oh, that's, no. um, that's my interjection. Uh, this one fellow, Tom, he's from Finland. <laughs> he's from Finland. He's a big guy. He's a big guy. He has lots of friends who were sailors. He's, he's, got, a, he's got a yellow handkerchief in his back pocket. He's very stylish. Leather everything. There's the picture of Trump next to the bikers, and they all have patches on their jackets, and it's like, uh, uh, I hate doing the dishes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, so a lot of it, uh, the guy... Um, who is uh, apparently the leader of the, uh, the Bikers for Trump, uh, this guy, uh, Chris Cox. And it says here, uh, Cox is tall and neatly groomed, extremely fit at 51, and speaks with a slow drawl and slight lisp. Though I had seen plenty of his videos online, in person he turned out to be a surprisingly imposing personal presence. It's nothing personal, he said, but I've dealt with a lot of these places, meaning media outlets. They'll frame us as crazy, violent vigilantes and whatnot, because what they need is to get all that traffic, he continued. Cox, who brought his bikers to form, what he called a wall of meat against protesters <laughs> trying to disrupt Trump's inauguration in yes, January. meat. And said that they served many knuckle sandwiches that day. <laughs> now seems acutely aware that headlines framing the bike bikers as roughhousing vigilantes does not help his deepening relationship with Trump or the Republican Party, and he's become much more careful. Isn't the that wall of meat what Trump served to the women's uh, college basketball champions? <laughs> <laughs> Back in 2011, when he first started popping up in the news, Chris Cox was a semi-itinerant chainsaw artist with a wild beard, a frazzled mop of graying hair, the build of an ogre, and the deep tan of someone who had spent a great deal of time in the sun. He sold cypress logs carved into the shapes of dolphins and sea turtles, his specialty, from a big red truck that became a recognizable site in the Charleston <laughs> suburb of Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Yeah, I'm in the uh, stupid business. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. Uh, it, it sounds like he's a you know itinerant chainsaw artist, but going on here, it says he was born in Raleigh in 1968 and raised in Northern Virginia, uh, where he got his first motorcycle in kindergarten. He has been riding ever since. Shortly after Cox finished high school, his family, having long roots in the Charleston area, moved back to Mount Pleasance. They occupied a genteel house and comfortable place in upper middle class South Carolina society. So again, we see here that, they, that like we've always said about like the bikers for Trump, these are guys who are dentists who roll around on like the tri wheels on the weekends. You know, these are not sort of uh, people on the fringes of no. society here. These are sort of uh, middle-aged to elderly people kind of mean-mugging on the weekends and getting a sort of a thrill yeah. out of riding a, you know, a 
you know, tractor trailer size Harley with a, like an onboard refrigerator to Sturgis. They always ride uh, the wor- the worst motorcycle you can find in Grand Theft Auto games, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Jack's te- well, look, Jack's Teller's dad was the head of the motorcycle organization. He was upper middle class. <laughs> yeah, he made twenty thousand dollars a year yeah, in Charming, mo- California. The most you can make there. <laughs> that was above the median income. Yeah, yeah. he was petite all bourgeois. He, all he had to do was murder thirty people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a pretty good ratio if you think about it. He was tortured by Chinese triads three times. Well, yeah. But I he, mean, he closed a deal that was worth upward, upwards of tens of hundreds of dollars. <laughs> the margins on all the Sun's gun deals were like 1.2% for having enough guns to send them and everyone they ever knew to prison for life. So it said, despite the, this wild man persona of his chainsaw days, it did say uh, his father was veteran Republican operative named Earl G. Cox, who worked in four for four presidents and had various roles under Ronald Reagan, including Director of Information and Public Affairs for the Departments of Labor and Agriculture. Um, In 2013, during the government shutdown, Cox grew into a minor internet sensation known as Lawnmower Guy. That's one word away from being the lawnmower man, the sub-mental gardener who has turned into a god by the internet and Pierce Brosnan. Um, he brought his, uh, push, his push mower up to D.C. and cut the unkempt grass around the Lincoln Memorial, looking a bit unkempt himself and sounding aw shucks earnest in interviews. He's a real American hero, if you ask me, wrote BuzzFeed Nudes Ryan Broderick at the time. Uh, good of the Pogue to throw his own colleague under the bus so viciously <laughs> like that. But he goes, uh, the, this brush with viral celebrity led to right-wing biker groups. There were already quite a few of these with names like Bikers Against Radical Islam and Defenders of Liberty MC. I hate it when you're out on the road and someone tries to forcibly convert you to Islam. <laughs> Uh, getting in touch and asking Cox to appear at rallies. As Cox kept hanging out with more riders and began going to Trump events, he thought about uniting bikers under one political banner. He, he was going to do a patch over for the bikers <laughs> against Sharia law and take over their club. <laughs> you know, I'm, from, I'm from the OG, from the OG the bikers against the Islamic moon got Allah with the longest patch in existence. <laughs> he goes, He had, after all, been riding all his life, though always as a lone wolf who refused to join a biker club. So um, it goes on here. It says, these bikers, like 70s, they're talking about like the the broader sort of uh, Trump bike loving community. Uh, These bikers like 70s rock and kitschy flag adorned Americana, and they exalt veterans. Many of these bikers are themselves veterans. Uh, I would like to look into a little bit more of that because I think these are like the guys who wear the veteran of the Cold War hat. These are are Cold War veterans. A lot lot of Coast Guard guys there, probably. Didn't one of there was a bikers for Trump guy that had like family member of a Vietnam veteran? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. When they, when they met at the White House, he had a patch that said family member of a Vietnam veteran. That owns uh, Gulf War television watcher. <laughs> <laughs> I watched every single one of those bobs drop onto those Islamic style buildings, sir. So it goes here. Uh, 
um, many of these bikers, uh, and the ones who aren't, tend to have a view lingering from the political and cultural wars around the Vietnam War of veterans as, uh, as a class of people abandoned and disdained by liberal America, who, whom bikers have a duty to respect and support. The annual Rolling Thunder Biker Rally, which began in 1987 and last year drew a half a million riders to Washington, D.C., shares a name with President Lyndon Johnson's brutal bombing campaign of North Vietnam from 1965 to 1968. It started off as a rally to bring attention to the damaging lie that a string of Republican and Democratic administrations had ignored evidence that the Vietnamese government was secretly imprisoning living American service members listed as missing in action. This is, of course, the entire canon of 80s action films from Rambo 2 to the actual missing in action films. Yeah. And, and, we, and the POW slash MIA flag, which is now, I think, almost required by law to fly under the American flag at almost every public uh, sporting event. Yeah. Uh, quote here from a biker. We like him because he says what he thinks. He loves America and he doesn't take any shit from anybody. One biker for Trump. Uh, a 55-year-old welding inspector at a Maryland power plant told me, that's how bikers are too. <laughs> In November 2015, Cox began touring biker bars on the eastern seaboard at a point... Uh, this is sort of like the film Cruising. Um, at a point in the 2016 presidential campaign when most respectable observers still thought Trump's candidacy was a bizarre stunt. He found that nine out of ten bikers he talked to were Trump fans. And that he, so he threw his first nine out of ten bikers for Trump rally in November 2015 at a, bike, at a bar called Bone Shakers in Virginia Beach. <laughs> Uh, Stefan, I, I, I do like this this bar tour he's talking about. I can imagine every single one of them being featured on Bar Rescue. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> High you know, Octane Saloon is the next one here. <laughs> uh, and uh, Stefan, I know you you and Matt here. We're all we're all huge fans of the Bar Rescue show. Oh yeah. And a recurring theme on that show is Taffer having to rescue bars that have a biker problem or. A, a bar that he embraces the biker culture. It's like it can be both an asset or a detriment to your business. But this Kaffer is always dealing with bikers in various yeah, ways. Yeah, well, his basic premise is usually bike. Uh, if a bar is bike is seen as a biker bar, that's bad because women don't want to go. So you need it to be biker friendly without being a biker bar. And his solution to that, as his solution is to every problem, is to just turn it into Applebee's, <laughs> but with like a, some bikes on, like on the wall or something. That's it. This goes here. Um, his bikers rolled into Trump rallies, sometimes 2,000 or 3,000 strong, acting as an ad hoc security force, throwing out unruly protesters and taking it upon themselves to cordon off anti-Trump protesters outside. Sometimes they openly carried sidearms. One biker told The Guardian in July 2016, we protect the police as much as the police <laughs> protect us. <laughs> I'm sure the cops feel very much more uh, safe knowing that there's a fucking 55-year-old uh, fucking dentist with diabetic support hose on uh, and a gun that he's <laughs> probably never fired wedged in his gunt. But, uh, yeah, no, th this is what I think of when I think of biker gangs is we're there to protect the police. Cops, that's the thing. Bikers love the police. That's, that's the one thing we know about them. So, uh, it's going They're on here, called so in-law biker gangs. <laughs> that's, why, that's why the Hells Angels were so feared. They made it clear that they respected the police <laughs> way more than the other gangs and would do anything for them. So it says, uh, until we got involved, you could barely have a Trump rally without Antifa's shutting it down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a man who said uh, that it didn't seem incongruous that he walked around drinking beer straight from a pitcher. He said... I always say one biker equals one Antifa riot. 
So like you cause one or something? What, what? I don't know. I think he's trying to say one ranger, one riot, yeah. but he like he saw half of uh, David Mamet's Spartan and tried to recite that quote from the. That's where the quote comes from, by the way. David Mamet's Spartan. Uh, he goes, but the bikers didn't engage in much actual violence at Trump's rallies. Part of their and Trump's core ideology is an almost worshipful, worshipful respect for the authority of law enforcement, which they believe is under terroristic assault from left-wing groups and Black Lives Matter. The bikers coordinated their arrival with state police forces and eventually the RNC. Uh, going on here, it says here, this is uh, one of the bikers he's uh, profiled before, the guy who said one ranger, one biker, one Antifa riot, uh, John Balazak. Uh, it said here he was going John to Balzac, leave. John Balzac, did you say? Yeah, John Balzac. Balzac. Uh, Balzac. Uh, we, the the name of the French novelist. He goes, one uh, biker, one functioning artery. <laughs> he goes, he was going to leave his Kawasaki dirt bike outfitted with imitation machine guns and Claymore <laughs> mines. Cla- God damn, this is terrifying. <laughs> imitation machine guns and Claymore mines by the Unity Bridge and walk over to the White House just to wave his flags over there for a while. <laughs> it's, it's, it's children. This is kids. I got a I got a I got put fake guns on my bike and I'm gonna wave a and, flag and, at the and, president and fake Claymore mines. Oh my it says, God. He just a the, big fat baby. The, the Kawasaki dirt bike was like the kid's dirt bike you could get in like the Sears catalog too. Yeah. He's just a big fat baby in a leather vest. He said he, he picked up his flagpole to which he'd affixed Gadsden and Trump flags and walked. He in, picked up his flagpole with his fat ravioli hands and then waddled over. He goes, we walked toward the White House passing a young woman on a bike who saw Balazek's giant high visibility yellow vest adorned with bikers for trump patches and gave him the finger love you too and nice tail he shouted as she went by moments later we passed a white man wearing a t-shirt that said blacks commit hate crimes and say racist things too who gave him a silent thumbs up which he acknowledged with a nod blacks commit hate crimes and say racist things too was probably the most ill-fated sequel to kids say the darndest things (laughs) both hosted by bill cosby We're just a bunch of bikers who love the president, he told me, before launching into a merry inventory of the guns he owns back in Maryland. No, you mean the actual guns, not the plastic <laughs> fake toy guns that he has on his bike. And relaying some war stories of battling antifas. Which, oh, not real war stories, like yeah. an actual veteran of a military was, uh, campaign. Battling antifas, which is what he called pretty much anyone who he got into it with at a Trump rally. So him saying, like you too, nice butt, that's probably a war story for him. Yeah, no. No, that's the that is the battle of the parking lot. Yeah, he emerged with scars, but he won. Uh, Provo's a, a a lady biker for Trump named Londa Gat. That that is <laughs> what a sexy name. <laughs> And it says, when she's in her full getup, she's like a casting director's vision of a no-bullshit woman biker. Leather vest and bejeweled black headband above a thoughtfully coiffed blonde hair. She's middle-aged, lives and works in exurban Detroit as a part-time in-home nurse and hairdresser, and not long ago switched from riding dirt bikes to a Harley. Uh, It goes on here. Uh, the bikers are almost always engaged in some kind of action, from small showings like a group protesting Hillary Clinton's book tour in suburban Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that must have been real rough. They got to swing their fucking bike chains at a bunch of wine moms. They would get washed by some of the Hillary <laughs> Fed. Oh, oh yeah. my God. They would get fu- Philippe, Philippe Rains would fucking just in an afternoon take these guys out. 
Uh, can you imagine the women who like waited? Like they they've been there maybe twelve hours in yeah. front of a Barnes and Noble to get a seat, and then these fucking assholes show up to try to prevent Hillary from coming and them getting a, their book signed. They would destroy them. They would wash these fucking bike guys. You know, the police, easily. the police better bring SWAT to protect the bikers <laughs> for Trump from the Hillary the Hillary uh, Fedayeen. Yeah. yeah, dude, Adam Parkamanka is just gonna start like biting people into people's <laughs> necks. Just they would fucking own them. So uh, the protesting Hillary Clinton's book tour in suburban Connecticut to volunteering on political campaigns for Trump minded candidates to organizing culture war battles like the ride Gat organized to support a 2017 Kid Rock Arena concert <laughs> in Detroit. Gat is a, just going to a concert. <laughs> Gat is a Gat is a rather passionate fan of Kid Rock. <laughs> and last year she went on his Chillin' the Most cruise where she met Robert O'Neill, the Navy. Navy SEAL who shot Osama bin Laden. Al Sharpton was coming in and saying he was racist because of the backdrop he used 12 years ago, the Confederate flag, she said. And I'm like, really? If people did their education on the Confederate flag, it's not racist. <laughs> now she can say that she, uh, by going on a cruise with the guy who shot bin Laden, she's in SEAL Team 6. The thing with, with, uh, with these bikers is that I don't think anyone's actually ever seen like a real photo of one of their big like rallies or rides or whatever. Because it's always like... Uh, Oh, here's like the the bikers for Trump uh, at like the the 2018 ride for Israel or whatever, and then it's like a picture of those two like super fat identical twins. <laughs> <laughs> no, the McGuire brothers. I have seen numerous pictures of the bikers and truckers for Trump shutting down all traffic yeah, that's on the true. beltway. Yeah, I've that's seen, why I've that's why Obama of... left office because people say, oh, uh, he was term limited, idiot. No, if you remember correctly, he was going to suspend the election and rule indefinitely, but then the bikers and tr- truckers for Trump shut down all uh, commerce uh, in the Beltway and he had to prevent, he had to stop that. It's true. I didn't see any video footage of it, but I definitely saw many still images of what looked like a traffic jam yeah. that was caused, I think, by the truckers. that doesn't happen otherwise. Or bikers for Trump. The Beltway has no traffic unless you're intentionally trying to stop it. So uh, back to Ms. Gatt. Uh, it says here, I asked her what would happen if Trump didn't get reelected. Her eyes widened noticeably. She didn't seem to have ever contemplated the thought. <laughs> I would be devastated, she said slowly. Even if, if even my kids, they laugh because I'm so passionate about it. I start talking to them and I'll start crying. I'm like, you guys don't understand what's happening to America. I saw her cry, cry quite a few times over the next few days. When I kidded with her that for a tough biker, she seemed to break into tears a lot. She thought a long time. I just cry about my country, she said. <laughs> and what I love about that, she's like, my kids laugh at me just because I'm so passionate. And it's like, no, your kids are laughing at you because you're, you've, you've gone dotted. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're, yeah, you're, you're batty. You're just, you're just sitting around trying to ride your bike that's wider than an 18-wheeler <laughs> to try to like order like Chris Kyle Memorial like beer-battered onion rings at some <laughs> shitty bar. And you're just... Bursting into tears thinking about Colin Kaepernick. Well, this is that sucks. You, you bring this up, but uh, the next thing that uh, uh, a friend of Ms. Gatz uh, named Julian sidles up and he, he uh, they say, I got involved when Trump decided to go down that escalator, she said. I went to high school. It was 60% black, Julian, who is white, said. And then Roots was played, and you had to wear your rings the next day. Because why? Because you're white. I'm kicking your ass. Well, bring it, bitch. She didn't try to hide 
at all what this was about for her. You got a black man reach the highest office in the land. Get the fuck over it. Or like this Kaepernick shit. I want to choke that stupid white boy. He's a white boy. Oh, his daddy was black. Excuse me. I used to run a football pool, she said. I've been running it for 12 years. $20 a block, $10 a block. They'd all come to us. But I don't watch football no more. He's complaining. He's suppressed. What do you suppress for, you rich motherfucker? This conversation was the first time I really understood how Trump inspires the feelings he does. It was baffling at first to see how conversations I had with the bikers that weekend turned to Kaepernick. <laughs> and he just goes on to talk about how all they like, like, you know, oh, like, uh, what do you think Trump's going to do for like the middle class? Or like, do you, what about the tax cuts? And it's just all blank faces, <laughs> totally missing. They're like, no, this is about Kaepernick. Yeah. This is about him disrespecting veterans and kneeling during the national anthem. Yeah. I still don't understand what Trump did to stop that. He complained to the NFL, and I guess the idea is that he terrified the NFL into not hiring him, and and it's like he spared them that. I mean, at this point, he's said more about Deborah Messing than Kaepernick. He's gone way, way, he's, by next week, he'll have made twice as many public statements about Deborah Messing than Colin Kaepernick. Absolutely, and and Graydon Carter's still way out ahead of any of them. Yeah, Graydon Carter's the like public enemy number one. Uh, on the patio outside Harry's, a father was finishing up dinner with a son who couldn't have been more than eight years old. That's encouraging. The man told his son to look around and remember what he saw. I brought you here so you would know what it feels like to be a man who can say what he wants. You can't do this back home. Half the bar rose up and looked around awkwardly as the loudspeakers from the Trump Unity Bridge began playing the Star Spangled Banner. They were still standing, hats reverently removed, when the next song turned out to be the Macarena. <laughs> oh my. Did David Chase write this article? Oh my God. Shoot my that paragraph God. into outer space. I mean, that is. Oh my God. Holy fuck. There's nothing. I mean, there's nothing that, that says American freedom like getting on your hog and riding the open road and then smooching every police officer you see and standing up like Pavlov's dog every time the fucking national anthem plays following rules like with the the fanatical uh, uh, closeness of like a kid who believes they'll go to hell if they jack off that's fucking badass. It's so That's punk liberty. rock, you know? It's, it's like so a, fucking badass. The coolest thing for teens right now is uh, a fucking online university run by like an 85-year-old man. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yo, but they, yo, like, they have, they have dope-ass, dangerous co-stars who are like frequently in legal trouble, like Alan Dershowitz. <laughs> yo, he's gangster. Yeah, he's gangster as shit. But he said fuck 12. <laughs> <laughs> in every meaning of the sentence. <laughs> oh, parody. Oh, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> He's dead. He can't sue you. Go for it. Alan Dershowitz is still very much alive. Oh, right. Never mind. I thought, was... <laughs> I thought we were talking about Epstein. Uh, Matt, you're uh, you're following my uh, get a celeb to tweet at you strategy. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You learned the exploit, buddy. Nice. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, so uh, uh Stefan, here is the the celebrity cameo. Of course, uh, speaking at the sparsely attended Bikers for Trump uh, rally in front of the White House. That must be a typo. Yeah, uh, there's 100,000 yeah, no, yeah. no, dude. Uh uh John Voight. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Classic Oscar-winning actor John Voight uh spoke um he gave a short speech 
Um, and then it goes on here. Uh, it says, I, the, the journalist here says, I approached Voigt to ask him about the incident with the bicyclist. I suppose, uh, uh, oh, a guy with like a, this sort of hippie with a, a sign with like a swastika crossed out that said like, say no to the Fuhrer Trump uh, showed up to counter protest and that he was shut down by the wall of meat. <laughs> meat wall so, engaged. Uh, he says, I approached Voigt to ask him about the incident with the bicyclist. Are you a friend, he asked me, or an enemy? <laughs> well, I'm a reporter, I said. So you're an enemy, he said, and brushed me off. Cannot fast travel while reporters are near. <laughs> uh, and there's just a photo of, of John Voigt standing in a completely empty field in front of the Capitol building in front of a lectern that just says Moms for America. Mr. Mr. Voigt, Mr. Voigt, sir, I just wanted to ask you if you really got swallowed by an anaconda in that <laughs> Three hours later, having walked all the way from the Capitol past the official White House Fourth of July parade, I ran into Chris Cox again, walking alone and carrying a U.S. flag at the head of a detachment of cowboys for Trump, proceeding on horseback That's towards the, the Washington Monument. Okay, this is the also, last... There's also uh, Native American Indian chiefs for Trump. There's construction workers for Trump. Uh, Leather enthusiasts. Yes. Yeah, like you said, there's the, the, the Native American chief, yeah. the sailor, the bikers, the cowboys. But like, yeah, no, they, they all have to cosplay yeah. as these sort because of like... Because they're just fucking fat suburban assholes. Right, but yeah. they have to butch up. Yeah, they're all butched up because their lives are just driving in a giant car. They don't. Their bikes yeah. are for like one day a week at most. Uh, they have to, like, they drive in their giant fucking SUVs from a job to the Chipotle to their fucking air-conditioned house. That's their entirety of their lives. So that has to have some sort of masculine injection in the form of pretending to be a Butch John. But, I mean, I, again, what, what comes across in this article, and it, 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 it's, it's very long, it's a very in-depth profile of these people. I recommend reading the whole thing. Like, what comes across is, like I, I mentioned earlier, whenever he tries to engage them on like you know politics, like you know, uh, you know, uh, what, what are like some policies uh, that that Trump has done that you support, or what do you hope that he achieves in like a, a second term or whatever? It's just absolute, just like a brick wall, just stony faced. Yeah. Like you know, you don't get it. It's just about like we need Trump in the White House because he's one of us. He's not one of them. He stands for America. He loves knows America is the greatest country, and he wants to bring it back. He makes TV better, and I want to see him on TV more than fucking Obama. And what they mean about that is like, yeah, I want to see the good guy on TV, and I want to see the American flag, and I don't want to see anyone disrespecting the American flag or police or veterans. Yeah, like that's it. That's they just what these want people someone to smooch them all. Believe in, and they're all like not at all. These are not blue collar working class no. people at all. Maybe the Ms. Gat, who said was an in home nurse and hairdresser. Yeah, I, I don't know. But most of these people, like yeah, these are the 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 you know boat dealership owners. They're yeah. not like they're not the ultra wealthy. No, but they're certainly not like you know blue collar or working class. And in, in the they certainly don't. These perceive people are bosses. These people have employees, yeah. and they do not perceive their problems as being economic in any way. No, yeah, not at all. Uh, no, the problems are entirely that, you know, they can't watch football on the TV anymore or that like they think that their kids are being taught the Quran in school or yeah. something like that. So all right, this is the last paragraph I'm going to read. And I think I think this this sums it up. A group of black Israelites got into oh, it no. at one of the gates with a bunch of young men wearing Jews for Trump T-shirts, each group shouting, you aren't Jews, back and forth. <laughs> yes. Hell yes. That's what you need to Felix to just parachute in to adjudicate this dispute. I would, I would happily, well, I think both are. That's what I would say to them. I think you're both Jews, and I agree with both of you. <laughs> 
I would no. I would support the Black Israelites. So the only like that is the the Black Israelites own. That's I mean, you want to talk about say. good television? I mean, they rule. They got it. There is a Black Israelite podcast that I watch on YouTube that I really like. <laughs> So he goes, uh, each group shouted, you are Jews, back and forth, as the sodden crowd passed them by, while a constant, inescapable, deranged loop of a John Philip Sousa march played <laughs> over and over on the loudspeakers. I talked briefly with a pair of Spanish tourists who said they'd come just to see the fireworks and looked bedraggled and shell-shocked. <laughs> America is so much more than I knew, one said. <laughs> you bet so, and I buddy. understood the sentiment exactly. <laughs> so that is... That is the bikers for Trump, everybody. And I think it, you know, uh, conforms exactly to the, you know, stereotype that I had in my head before I read the article. Yeah, it's always nice when you think, oh, I don't have to think any more than I already have. I'm 100% correct. Got it right the first time. I felt like I learned a lot. Next. And um, I may not necessarily agree with them, but I see their point of view. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. The bikers for Trump, celebs for Trump, including John Voight. Wow, Robert Davi, God, Ken, and, uh, Ken Wall from uh, Wise Guys, and the guy who played Johnny Sack on The Sopranos. Of course, I think basically everyone who's still alive who was on The Sopranos, other than yeah. Steve Van Zandt. Yes, of course. Uh, so there we go, uh, Stefan. I want to thank you so much uh, for joining us. Uh, if you're not familiar with uh, Go Off Kings or Blocked Party, I would uh, highly recommend you checking them out. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. This was so much fun. Uh, that Our article, pleasure. I'm, I'm reading the article right now, and, and you're right. It's like 25,000 words long, and I want to read the entire thing. It's just incredible. It, it's very good. Uh, oh, yeah, I, we will link to your uh, piece in Deadspin about um, destroying the Jeremy Renner app. And, uh, yeah, like I said, check out uh, Blocked Party and uh, Go Off Kings on Twitch. Oh, uh, one more thing. Uh, Thursday the 19th, I will be doing some type of screening and Q&A for Fighting in the Age of Loneliness somewhere at Brooklyn College. I'll figure out the details. Like, maybe I forgot to read an email or something, but that's what I got so far. Okay, so Thursday, September 19th at Brooklyn College, you will be doing a screening and Q&A of Fighting in the Age of Loneliness? Yes. Okay. Stay tuned for, for more for further details. I don't about need that. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> he might have deleted the email. Uh, maybe if, uh, if, if, if anyone wants to reach out to me as well I'm going to be posting exclusively on the official Backpack Kid app from now on <laughs> 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 alright uh, so yeah that, that's it for uh, uh, this episode um, I want to thank uh, Stefan Heck again and also Jeremy Renner you know yeah. I hope you're a good sport about all this just keep living brother yeah Good, good luck I, to the I, band. I, I tweeted at him. I'm, I'm waiting to hear back. Um, so fingers crossed. Uh, the guy I'm is sorry, like I'm a, sorry, Jeremy. He's he's like a living divorce guy bracelet at this point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, cheers, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.